All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's after 4 o'clock. Gregor, Strudwick, Connor Halley with you. Hope you are having uh, yourselves a... Wonderful Thursday afternoon, uh, getting set for game three tonight. Maybe some of you are probably going golfing. Kidding me? We'll give away a little uh, golf later on today in uh, Eagle Rock trivia because it's uh, it's pretty nice out right now. Very nice out. Uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit of uh, golf uh, later on today as well. But uh, first, let's get to Struds On, brought to you by... GS Construction and uh, locally owned and operated. And uh, you know what? Uh, they love supporting uh, numerous uh, charitable events, including the uh, Kid Sport Kevin Lowe Roast that goes tomorrow. And they're wondering why CEO Taryn Sandwich's NHL career was shorter than Lowe's coaching career. <laughs> GS Construction. The Jason Greger Show presents. Struds on new cans. I was just thrilled to get a new can. God, slip that thing on, strutting around the dress room, showing everybody what it's all about. Look at this new can. Hey, looking good. The ten twelve sixty text line. Thank you for everyone uh, sex uh, sex texting. <laughs> Jeez. Whew. Tea bags. I don't believe in tea bags. I use loose leaf tea, and it is so much better than the tea bags. I'll eat tea bags. I mean, I'll. <laughs> himself. I've got nice bowling ball shoulders, a decent head of hair, and a big organ that needs to be heard. It's time for Struds On. Formal apology. Sometimes I say things and I get on a roll and then, you know, I'm trying to be more open-minded, right? I've been trying to be more uh, 
not that I think I'm closed-minded, but I think I'm in a, not a rut, but I think you get into a certain point in your life where you've kind of done things the same way all the time and you're trying to change it. And you should be open to more ideas. So I, I recently got into really back into golfing. My kids are golfing now. My wife's into it, so I'm into it. Got some new clubs or irons last year. Got some drivers this year. I really, with the intention of get better. I, I'm not trying to get better because I want to be, you know, in tournaments. Or I just want to be the best. Just see if I can get better, right? Just if it's worth it, where the club's worth it, all that stuff. So I can say that it's helped my game. And my score has come down somewhat. But, you know, I was golfing the guy the other day who had a yardage thing on his watch. And I've always laughed at people who had the, the things that, you know, they, they zoom in on the post or whatever. They say, ah, oh, you're 220 yards or whatever. Or the watch, I've always kind of laughed at them, usually to their face. Sometimes they do it behind their back if they're really big guys, but usually to their face. And then this week I was playing and I realized that I don't really need it from distance. What I need it from is like 50, 70, 80, whatever yards so I know because now I have enough smaller clubs or, or clubs with loft that kind of – and it dictates. I can only hit something 60 yards or 70 yards. So I actually now understand why people use it when they get closer, right? When they, at 150 is great. You can see the post or whatever. But if you're 80 or 90 or whatever, you, it's a little different setup. So I actually, for Father's Day, I've asked my wife to get me a watch that tells me how far, how far I am from said hole, whatever hole it is, right? I haven't, I can't, I can't embrace the target, the range find. I just, that to me is a way too far. I can't do it. I apologize to you guys as well, because I know I made fun of you on this show and I think on the course and very, at different times. But I, I Greg, it's, a, this is just an open apology to anyone I chirped about it, because I'll be the guy with the watch on, the oversized watch that'll tell me how far I am away from the hole. Um, and I can't believe I'm here, but I'm trying to be more open-minded. I'm trying to, trying to think, I want to try, try new things, do things differently than I have in the past. Not that it's gone badly, but I just, I think that, I don't want to be the next 40 years just doing the same crap every day and not trying to change maybe or be open so this is step one in my you, you, I, I talked to you about your journey of self-improvement the last the four days you had off and I'm going to now try the same thing this is step one again apology to anyone I chirped on the course whether you heard it or not so I'm curious well good for you Strutty it's always good to, to change and, and be open-minded I, I'm curious why why are you at What's wrong with the with the uh, the like the binocular finder one? Why are you opposed to that and instead of having a massive watch? Yeah, well, it is a big watch. Like I could set a table for four on these watches. They're yeah. so big. My buddy Steve has one, and I'm I was try try not to be I'm trying to be nicer. But I I feel that if I have to reach into my my bag and pull out this range finder to hit up goalpole or the the pin, you know, 200 yards away, I think it's just too far. I want to be more subtle. And I think maybe it's my own insecurity. I don't want to stand out. So I'd rather just slip, look down my watch, and that means I will have to take the Timex Ironman off. I don't think Timex makes a watch like that. But I'm going to take it off. I'll put this other one on, and then it's just subtle. Look down. Ooh, 87K. That's my attack wedge, or whatever it is, right? And I like, think Do you honestly help. think people on the course – are going to be, oh, look at that guy. He has a, like a, most guys, yes. like, trust me, I find not having one, I get annoyed because I, now I don't golf enough 
to get one. But once I, because I have a plan, you know, later on, when I retire, semi-retire, then I'm going to golf lots. Because to me, the only way to get better at golf is you got to do it. It's hard. If you actually want to get better, then you got to golf more. And then I'll have one. I'll go out and spend it. And so I love it when I go on our guys' golf trips because we have lots of my buddies who have one. And I think it's fantastic. I'm like, hey, buddy, and I don't have to go right beside it. I can stand on the on the edge of the fairway. Okay, shoot it from here. I'm within four or five yards. I'm not right. good enough to have to know the exact yeah. distance. But if, if I'm within five yards i'm like all right okay that's good enough for me that's totally fine but i'm really i'm so, like i like that you can't be half pregnant right you can't do it so you're you're like well okay but you're worried about how like i, I think strutty i've seen your arms they're you, you swinging that watch it's going to disrupt your swing you should get the binoculars because now you're going to be free of obstructions while you're swinging Okay, so I, I agree it's going to throw it off a little bit, but I do have a big watch already. But this is why, Greg's, because I'm the guy who looks at people at the range and is like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's not even that good a golfer. You know, that's that's what I always said. But that's and how I, you get I, better. Jeez. I, so, why are okay, you so, people? Uh, well, it's okay. So my tell me wrong is actually – it's funny. It's very related yeah. to this, so I'll get into that okay. later. But I will stick with this is that – I do, I, again, I just, my intention was to apologize to anyone I chirped because I would like to get it. And I think it's going to make a difference. But again, it's because of my, of my, my distance. Like, it's just like more of the 100 in. I want to know 100 in. Because when I hit it right, I, I, boom, when I know the exact yardage, I find I can put it at least pin high. Maybe not on the pin, but pin high, which gives me a chance later. So. Well, I yeah, love the I, fact I, that you're like, I can't believe why people use this. Well, of course you use it for the exact yeah. reason you just said. I, I know, but, but I didn't have it. So this was, so my previous clubs, I had like a pitching wedge that I used that from like 150 all the way to 10, right? Like I didn't, that was all I had. Now I have like, a, I, I think it's a pitcher, uh, attack wedge, ground wedge, and then a, like a... So you have an illegal bag is what I'm hearing. No, 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 because I, I only have two woods, right? Just crush it. So I don't have a legal bag, but I have way more like lower clubs now. And it's made such a difference. Such a difference. Now, some people are saying, Strutty, why don't you use your phone? Uh, I don't want my phone. I'm out. I don't want to have to go into my bag and pull out my phone. I did it today and it, I didn't like it. Why? What do you mean on your phone? What? So you're going to get an app now on your phone? Yeah. Like I use the Golf Canada app to, to to log in my score, like my scores, and so. Mm-hmm. But then also it'll it'll, it'll, it'll show you the distance. Very serious now. Very serious. No, I, I am. In your I, scores. I am. I am. I'm trying to, and I and I'm lowering my my golf my handicap index has dropped 0.8 in the last two weeks. So I am improving. Um, but uh, yeah. So anyway, so this isn't so much about me. This is a generally just an apology. Well, why don't you just everyone. name the names here? Like, if you're going to do a real apology, why don't you name no, the people no, that you've been no. mocking? I'm not. I, it's pretty much anyone. Is the list has. too long? Is that <laughs> anyone who has here? one? Ooh, is this going to be like an one. Emmy Award speech? I, instead of I'd like to thank, it's well, I'd like to apologize to Walking yeah. Gage and <laughs> Jamie McLennan and go like it's probably like 200 people oh. deep, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I should, I should actually, I should apologize to those guys, but not for this. Just generally speaking, my talk to goalies hasn't been positive, especially since I retired. But no, I, I, I listen. I'm just, I'm just generally saying it's a, it's a, it's a blanket, blanket apology. Isn't that make it okay, okay then? I don't have to name names. Just no, general apology. I guess, not. I guess, I guess my buddy not. Gary. I'll, I'll say Gary. He was one I really went after, um, for that. So I apologize to Gary. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, it's, it's always good to make new steps in your life. Oh, now tell me I'm wrong is actually related to golf too, and I'm sure I'm not the only guy and girl who's feeling this way. So, yeah. 
Hey, boys, Gregor's correct. I fought it for years. Rangefinders are awesome. I love it. Don't like the watch at all. Rangefinder, it's got me thinking about 50%, 75%, 100% swings from husks. Yeah, see, I could never do the half swing stuff. I could never do yeah. it. I suck. So I went to a golf instructor, and he gave me a little tip on how to turn sideways and lock your legs out, and then you can't get full range of motion. So you can swing as hard as you want, but you're not going to get the full range of motion. So it's kind of like a half swing. Because I remember a guy, oh, just half swing it. What the hell does half swing mean? So you'd stand over the ball, and he'd be like, oh, you go back soft, and then you just chunk it. God, it was the worst. Oh, hate it. The worst. <sighs> yeah. So... Glad I got that off my chest. <laughs> oh, like, hey guys, did Strud say ground wedge? I think he meant gap wedge. Is that it? No, I call it. What did I call it? Why? Well, yeah, I think he did call it the. I think he called it the ground wedge. So I don't. I know it's the approach. I call it the attack wedge because I'm attacking the the, the green, uh, going after. There is, there is the attack wedge. Yeah, I attack mm-hmm. that thing like crazy. Oh. Man, I love it. I can't wait to see your golf game right now. Because the big question is, can you golf chirping? Because that to me is, the like, guys are out there, and they're, now they're all serious and stressed. Like, don't talk in my backswing. Are you that guy oh, no. now? No, that doesn't okay. bother me. No, I can play oh, with okay. it. Not, no problem. Buddy's got music on. It doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's no problem. But no, I, I, I am trying to lower it. I'm trying to get, I, trying to get better. Trying I to have get to better. say, I chuckle at the guy who shows up, and he's got, like, he's got the got everything the golf attire is good he's got all his perfect balls he's got now he writes his name he's got the line on the ball so he likes to use that when he's on the green you know he's got his all four thousand dollar irons and everything and he's going to tee off and and you're over on the car talking hey can you guys be quiet i'm like are you kidding me right now you're mentally fragile if that's what's going to bother you you just spent all you just wasted all your money because we're not on tour i like to talk i'm you know, I'll chirp even more. The minute I know someone's rattled strutty, I'm in. Because to me, it doesn't matter. I, I, being loud doesn't bother me at all. Guys play their music. Like The only thing is if they play terrible music. That's what I have an issue with. It's like, are you serious? We're listening to this? That's my beef. Not that they have music. It's that they have terrible taste in music. That's the worst. Quick break. We'll return on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. 428 on Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, Jason Strudwick with you. We uh, roll through a busy Thursday afternoon, and uh, we're going to have a, a fun little twist today in the uh, the playoff report brought to you by Can Torque from fire hydrants to custom fabricated items to pumps and hoses. Call the team at Tenacore for all your industrial fire protection equipment needs. Also, if you ever have any uh, need for, for hair tips, uh, ask the Anna brothers. Sick flow on both of those guys. Ridiculous. I've never seen Strutty more jealous of hair than uh, Brad and Scott's salads. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Uh, today we're going to talk about, um, well, someone could argue it, it was being a playoff battle for a long time. And, and honestly, I still continue to read, and, and I'm not sure I completely understand exactly what's going on um, with uh, the PJ and Liv. Some are saying it's not a real merger. I don't know what's going on, but our next guy probably does. Uh, Mark Zucchino from uh, Golf Talk Canada and Sirius XM. Mark, uh, now you've had a few days to kind of absorb this, and, and, and it seems things are still trickling in. What can you, like, is this a real merger? Like Greg Norman said, uh, I think it was yesterday, that ah, no, Liv's still going to be separate. Like, what's happening here? How does this really work? Well, I wouldn't listen to a thing Greg Norman says. So that, okay. that's the first thing we all have got. We all have to because he didn't know this was even happening, 
uh, he he was not told about this this agreement, this merger, this new entity that is going to live above all these tours. So Norman's desperately trying to hold on to his uh, existence here. This was always a personal vendetta for Greg Norman, and, and he sees this personal vendetta slipping away. So he's kind of holding on for dear life. Now, that doesn't mean none of, any of us know anything. I, none of us know a bloody thing right now. Um, the difference is the rest of us are trying to sit back and go, okay, what's 2024 going to look like? How is this going to roll out? How is this world and this planet going to be going to coexist? For example, you know, live events are they're not going to happen opposite PGA Tour events, so they're going to have to find different spots and different holes in the calendar and schedule uh, to have the kind of spotlight on their own. Um, how are players from Live going to come back to PGA Tour? Uh, Rory doubled down yesterday uh, the statement that there will be still consequences for those guys in the sense that there, there might be a fine, there might be a suspension still. We don't know. We're waiting and seeing. There's still a lot of, you know, questions to be answered there. But the one thing we do know is that there is one conglomerate, one, comp- uh, one new entity that is going to live above all of this. And the public investment fund pull the purse strings, and they have the say on how the money comes in and whose money is allowed in, And the PGA Tour is going to control the board of directors who are going to control how the golf works, what the golf looks like, rules, regulations, etc. So they've put some lines in the sand in in terms of, okay, you guys do the money, we'll do the golf. And that's probably a pretty good decision considering, you know, no one does golf better than the PGA Tour, but obviously no one's got deeper pockets than that fund. So what happens to the team events we've seen with Liv? So they already said yesterday, like, team golf is not going anywhere, is what Jay Monahan suggested. Now, that's as far as he would take it. So, I mean, are we going to see 54-hole shotguns still? Probably not. Are we going to see, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get, like, music being played? Uh, scoreboards you can't recognize. I think all that stuff's going away. So I think what we're going to see, whether it's called live or not, I don't know. Maybe we still call it live. I think what we're going to get is a really updated, uh, upgraded production of what the current live model is, what the product is. You know, there's been a lot of people like myself that just go, you know what? I don't mind team golf. I can kind of see this in some capacity, but I find this hard to watch. I don't like the scoreboard. I don't like the shotgun. So I think a lot of that stuff's going to improve. Put it this way. The public investment fund didn't inject this kind of cash, which is in the, going to be in the billions. So they couldn't tap into the media partners, production values, all the things that the PGA Tour have done. They want real eyeballs now. You know, they want the NBCs, the CBSs of the world, the TSNs in Canada, for example. They didn't do this to stay on the CW. So, I, I mean, we got to kind of think a little down the road on what this could potentially start to look like. Mark Zacchino joins us. Now, Mark, when you say that there's still going to be you know, some blowback to the players who left, in what sense, though? Like, like they got these massive signing bonuses, right? Like, they're not giving them back. I can't, well, I, well, I shouldn't what, think. I, that's why I'm so confused. I, I agree with you. It's like, okay, so here, how do you – well, A, how do you – suspend them to come back. That doesn't make sense. Now you're going to find them 
to come back. Okay, so what's that fine going to look like? It ain't going to look like anything for the cash cow that they walked out for, to your point. So I don't know. They're using terms. So Jay Monahan used the language fair and equitable process for you to come back. And Rory McIlroy used the term consequences. So, I mean, I don't know. Rory got a phone call at 630 in the morning on Tuesday before it all broke. So he did know before anybody else knew uh, from a player's standpoint. He was one of – I, well, there was five people on the inside that knew about this, three of them from the PGA Tour level, one of them DP World Tour with Keith Kelly, and then, of course, the the, the gentleman that heads up the uh, the public investment fund. So those five people were behind this entire negotiation and this deal from the very beginning, and Rory was likely number six because everybody else found out at about 9.15 a.m. Eastern uh, via Twitter, and Rory got the call at six thirty in the morning. So, but I mean, again, there's a very different terminology: consequences versus fair and equitable return. I mean, <laughs> that's very different language, right, guys? Yeah, I don't know. Just, like, what does it mean? Yeah, we'll have to wonder. We don't know. And you know what? Here's the worst part about this. I mean, we're playing our national championship today. You know, mm-hmm. we got a, a we have a Canadian tied for the lead. Um, we've got four days of golf in front of us, and this is going to be the rest of the summer. Not like we hijacked once again, likely going to hijack the majority of next week. It's going to be different on Sunday when we hand out a trophy, but the first few days of next week, same crap as this week. And throughout the entire summer, we're going to be the biggest story in the world of golf once again for the entire year is not going to be (laughs) – who won what yeah. and who hit the shot and who had the comeback. It's like, it, it's kind of like turned into if we had an NHL season and, you know, Connor McGregor dominates uh, regular season, individual, Oilers make a decent run, go deep, Le- Le- Leafs get disappointed in the second round. It's like we never talked about hockey. All we did was talk about our front offices for 82 games and never, <laughs> ever broke down the play on the ice. And that's what it's starting to feel like. It really is. To me, I'm with you guys. Give us the ins- answers. Give us the answers as soon as possible so we can start talking about golf again. Do you think the players that didn't go, they were on the fence to join Liv, are they regretting that decision? You got to think so. You got to, with the exception of Rory, who this was always a more morality and an ethical question for Rory. Rory is in the same position now in that in terms of that as he was before, with the exception of Rory and probably Tiger, because I mean he's already a billionaire. I mean, how much money do you need? With the exception of those two players, I think a lot of the top players in the world, to your point, are probably regretting it, probably feel betrayed, or are probably very angry. And who knows? There might be a make-good plan here, or there might be an uh, there might be envelopes of money heading their way for 2024 to make them good, so to speak. And 90% of the guys in the room in the players' meeting on Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock were calling for Jay Monahan's resignation. I mean, there were multiple standing ovations when people called for his resignation and quoted and gave him back to his face Jay Monahan quotes from a year ago saying, this yeah. is, you'll never, live players are never going to come back to tour and whatnot. So, I mean, 
I got to think the majority of the tour does not feel like Rory McIlroy. The majority of the tour feels betrayed and is a little angry right now. Quickly to the uh, Canadian Open, and uh, you know what you see on day one, and uh, what do you what do you expect, and what's the course conditions going to be like heading into tomorrow on the weekend? Well, I'll tell you one thing: this golf course is punching back a lot more than any of us thought, and I think a lot of it has to do with money, Mother Nature. It it is cold in Ontario, uh, gents. I mean, it feels like early March out there. At one point, I saw my breath. I don't know how far we got down. It was so damp absolutely freezing it was uh wet most of the day it was overcast and then of course we're getting the smoke uh in from the from in the fires in northern ontario and quebec it was just an uncomfortable day from start to finish and i mean i don't know i I mean these greens are so small they're so tricky and then you put the cold weather and it's just playing uh longer and longer The, the rough is really tough but we were expecting that rough to be dry, and then it got moist. And all of a sudden, the lead's at five under. So there's still going to be birdies. We're still going to hand out a championship over. It's likely going to be over 15 under. I expect still 15, 16, 17 under to win. But when you consider when we first arrived on property, most of the players were saying, if you give me 20 under right now, I'm not so sure that's good enough to win. Boy, is that a big change from those statements. So, um it's uh it it is living up to its uh its billing though in the sense that they said that the front nine was going to be all tough the front nine it was going to be really hard to make a lot of candy and then if you got through the front nine you know one under even par you're going to set yourself up for a good day and they're right the back nine is gettable and and so that narrative was accurate but i think they were i think the players were a little a uh, bit too quick to say there's going to be a bunch of 62s out there all day. I don't think we're going to see it. Mark, as always, man, great stuff. Enjoy the weekend. You too, guys. Hopefully uh, hopefully we get a Canadian there on Sunday with a chance. That would be fun. You guys enjoy it. You betcha. It's uh, Mark Sacchino from Golf Talk Canada. And uh, currently, Corey Connors in a, a four-way tie atop the uh, leaderboard at uh, five under. A few other Canadians in the hunt at uh, three under. Roger Sloan, as well as uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Pendrith, all at uh, three under. Some other uh, Canadians in the uh, field. Ben Silverman is at uh, one under. Uh, Adam Hadwin is uh, one under. Mike Weir is even. Uh, Adam uh, Cockrell also even. And then uh, Drew Nesbitt, uh, Etienne Papineau, uh, Johnny uh, Travail is the, those guys are all plus one. Adam Svensson also uh, plus one, a huge contingent of uh, Canadians. Uh, Stuart McDonald is uh, is plus two uh, right now. Uh, Nick Taylor and uh, Michael uh, Gligat at uh, three over. Will Bateman, hey, the Canadian, the uh, Edmontonian, he's at uh, three over par today as well. Take a quick break. We'll come back with five questions and more on Empton Sports Leader TSN 1260. It's a Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 448 Thursday afternoon. Sunscreen on the next few days. going to be hot. Hot stuff. Speaking of hot, Connor Halley's five questions. Always hot. It's a Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. As we get to uh, five questions brought to you by The Brick. And, man, when the weather's this night, you want to be in the patio sitting outside as much as you can. Well, guess what? You want uh, a new dining sectional set for outdoors, barbecues, outdoor TVs, and more. They have it all at The Brick and TheBrick.com. 
It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, obviously not ideal for the Florida Panthers. Down two games to none. For them to get back in the series, it starts tonight. What's the biggest key to victory? Man, it feels like it's a pretty hard path back. Um, I think they got to get away from, from, from being trying to be so physical and, and, and more taking it to Vegas and you know, what they did well, you know, or what they do well. So, like, I get you want to pound those guys, but I think it's, it's taken so far out of their game, it's, it's not working. I look at Florida. I think that's fair, Struds. I, I think the biggest key uh, for them is they got to find a way to get to Aiden Hill. Like, um, it's Aiden Hill. <laughs> you know, you got to take a page out of the, the book of Vegas and, and create traffic, get to the net, and go to the net for rebounds. So, like, Vegas is, like, absolutely murdering teams 5-on-5. Five five. They have 58 goals 5-on-5. Five five they're going to set the most goals ever 5-on-5 five five in the salary cap era, which was 60 set by the Kings in 2014 and Boston in 2011. And those teams played 25 and 26 games. These guys have played 19, and they already got 58. Like, they're absolutely killing it. Like, go back to the Edmonton series. It wasn't like they were getting all these lucky bounces off sticks and what have you. They went to the net. They got rebounds. They scored some nice goals, too. Marsha uh, showed a, a shooter's touch for sure. But I think Florida's got to get greasy, Struddy. They, uh, and, and not greasy in the sense of just hitting guys. they got to get greasy around the net more than they have to worry mm-hmm. about if they're going to get into scrums. Question number two for you guys. Sends forward. Alex Dobrynkit has submitted a preferred trade list to the team. Uh, who do you think would be on it, and where do you think would be the best landing spot for him? It's a good question. Um, am I the only? Uh, I, I, like I've been reading people out of Ottawa. Oh, Debrinkat's going to get a huge haul. Why? He's a smaller nine. It was a Ford who acquires a nine million dollar qualifying offer. I like Debrinkat. I think he's a good shooter. I, but but he is he's to me is still a complimentary forward. Now he's got great finishing skills. Don't get me wrong. But like I don't know, man. Like. Like I, I'm, I'm curious about Debrinkat on on a competitive team. Where does he fit in on a competitive team? Right? Is he that good of a finisher there? When maybe you know you command a little bit more. He has to go to a puck possession team. He's not a dump and chase guy. And and I don't really know how good he can be in the postseason because you've never seen him there. I have no idea. Maybe he'll be really good, but. I'm going to guess cons. It's it's going to be to uh, majority of a uh, uh, of American teams is my guess. Yeah, he's from around Detroit, right? So maybe maybe that spot. You know, they they need to add some talent. Now they do have some guys that are going to need some deals at some point, some longer term deals. But I after you know you watch the playoffs time after time and after time. Where does a five foot seven guy fit in, right, in the playoffs? And he can score. I know that Cole Caulfield's a little bit different just as far as their age and all that stuff, but, you know, that was $7.5 million, so is he going to get way more than that? I, I don't know. He can definitely score, but I just look at the playoffs. Just look at where would he fit in this series right now. I think teams have to think about that. Question number three with the Minnesota Vikings. Looking like they're going to release Pro Bowl running back Dalvin Cook. Who should bring him in? 28 years old. He could go anywhere. Yeah, he can't go anywhere. And I think that's, I, you know, I feel like some team, I, Connor, you correct me wrong, but I feel like the time is bad because teams have already kind of drafted their um, their guys, right? For So it's not like it's it, this is a a time uh, where there's lots of options for them, right? Because they've already kind of done it. But 
I guess if I have to look at one, you know, a lot of people are talking about the Dolphins. I might, I might go with the Dolphins, but I just think it's it's kind of a bad time for a running back to be looking for a home. It's a good question, Cons. Dalvin Cook's pretty good running back, but the the position in how it's valued, like I can't think of a position in any other pro sport that has changed in how it's viewed by the people who make the teams. Like running backs used to be the main thing, and now it's kind of eh, we get a running back. Ah, we'll just get three different guys, and they'll all just hand the ball off ten times. No big deal. Like it's changed a lot. So. I think Cook, oh, God, he's good, though, man. Um, I haven't looked at salary cap implications, cons. You probably have, but something tells me Miami. Yeah, it would be a good spot. I mean, you guys kind of both talked about the, the running back market. I don't know how, how many of these guys are going to be in a race or a rush to sign with the team. Maybe you wait till camp and there's an injury, but Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, all available. Dalvin Cook, I think, uh, probably more ideal than all those guys, but... We'll see how long it takes for him to land a new team. Question number four for you guys. The RBC Canadian Open uh, going on right now might be a realistic option to people who might want to check out an elite event live. But if you could go watch any golf event in person, which one would you take? Go ahead, Struts. British Open. British Open, I just love to go over there, and I want to feel the wind. I want to see everyone struggling, getting pushed around. I, I, the British Open, to me, it, would just, it feels like the birthplace of golf. So I'm going to where it all started. Yeah, to me, it's, it's Augusta and the Masters. I don't, that, that's the one place that I would go, just simply for the food and beer costs. That's, <laughs> it's amazing. Now, I know it's pretty expensive to get in, but uh, unless you can win one of those draws, it seems. But yeah, I would I would say Augusta. That's where I'd want to go. The uh, the British Open. Usually it's just windy as hell. Like Strutty, you're a brave man, man. The toupee will be flopping all over the place over there for you. You'd, and I don't think you're allowed to wear visors at the uh, British Open, so you'd be in tough. This is the birthplace of the visor. <laughs> <laughs> Final question for you guys. It is International Jerky Day. For some, that might be a great road trip snack and. Since it's summer, people are going to be going on roadies a bunch. What is your go-to road trip snack? Great choice. It's a great choice, but it's not my go-to. My go-to is seeds, spits, uh, dill pickle specifically, or pepper. What's a cracked pepper, whatever. I love it, but I, I get a Diet Coke. I drink that, and then I spit the seeds into that into that boy, bad boy. Or I'll get a Slurpee, drink that, and then I'll fill that cup up with uh, seeds. Usually, I think it's about three for a whole pack. It, it takes me about three, uh, three and a half hours to do a whole, a big pack. I've timed it. I've done it twice now, so it's got to be close to accurate. I don't think it's a world record, but that's what I do. Okay. Um, I look at. First of all, by the way, shout out to uh, Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Oh my God, it's so good. By the way, so good. Um, Trent's a terrible road hockey player, but really, really good uh, beef jerky maker. Um, favorite road trip snack cons is honestly Twizzlers, red Twizzlers. It's you know when uh, we go do our trips to Canmore and stuff. My wife and I—it's the one time out they have licorice, and we love it. And our son doesn't like it, so it's even better. We don't have to share with the kids. We just get to have it all. And uh, it's never a mess. You don't have any mess. You don't have to worry about anything melting in your hands. You don't have to get crumbs in your seat. That's why, to me, it's an ultimate uh, road trip snack. And, Struddy, guess what? If you're driving, you can use it as a straw.
<laughs> no, that's red Twizzlers. Oh, I can't even get. I just, oh, I just feel like throwing up just thinking about it. What? I can't. I did. They're just. I cannot. I cannot get it down, man. It's awful. Can't get it down. Are you telling me you like black Twizzlers? Yeah, that's what I do. I love it. The taste. Oh, oof, fresh I as bet breath. You, oh man, if we did a poll, I think red Twizzlers would dominate. I mean, that could be a good Twitter poll. I think it would. Uh, it would for sure dominate. But, uh, we'll see. Um, if you were listening to the show earlier, you're going to get this trivia question brought to you by uh, Eagle Rock. We're uh, up for grabs, around a golf, teed up at uh, Eagle Rock. Hey, of course, in great shape, man, right now. Go tee it up. Go to EagleRockGolf.com. $50 for a weekday round. 18 holes, man, with the cards. Pretty sweet. EagleRockGolf.com. Here's our trivia question today. So, in... The Connor McDavid Leon Drysaddle era, which has been eight seasons. The Edmonton Oilers have only once finished in the top half of the league in five on five goals against. Once. What was the highest finish they've had? Right? One being if you finish first, that means you give up the fewest goals five on five. In the eight years with McDavid and Drysaddle, where was their best finish league standing that year? We talked about it earlier. Text it to 10, 12, 60. Not the year. Where did they rank? 10, 12, 60. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports Center update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. The lovely orange tractors, lawnmowers, you name it. When you want quality, you think orange and Edmonton Kubota.